Welcome to Compassion Ministries Podcast, a place where Jesus Christ is reigning and lives are changing. Worship with us on Sundays at 9 a.m. at 6121 Cedar Avenue in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Study with us Tuesdays and Thursdays at 10 a.m. and 7 p.m. and Wednesdays at 12 p.m. and 7 p.m. Watch us live every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. at www.compassion-ministries.com or download the Compassion Ministries app at the Google Play or Apple Store. Now, let's get ready as the under-shepherd, Pastor W. Lonnie Herndon, shares today's message. I love you today. God bless you. Matthew 5, verse number 44. Matthew 5, verse number 44. Listen to the words of the text today. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. Verse 48 says these words, but you are to be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. God bless you today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this worship experience. Thank you for the opportunity um, to, to just be in the house of worship one more time. As we look back over this week, you've been so kind, you've been so gracious, and you've been so good to us. And Father, I, I pray now as we sit under the Word of God, help us to fight against anything that would distract us and help us to apply everything that's shared to our life. I pray that the Holy Spirit would interpret it so that we might know how to apply it to our lives. That when we walk out of these doors that we look more like you, act more like you. Thank you for the testimony today of Dr. Tracy B. Code, I, I pray your continued blessing upon her practice. Thank you for Andrea Mayberry. Thank you for Before Empire. I, I pray that you, you order her steps and take her further, her, her and her son further than they ever could imagine. Um, thank you, Lord, for uh, every believer that's watching online. Thank you for every seeker uh, in this place. Speak to us. Be glorified. Save, heal, and deliver. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And the people of God say amen. God bless you today. Uh, I'm so uh, grateful again to share in this series that I've been sharing in over the last couple of weeks about love for our enemies. I've got enemies and all of us do. I've been sharing in this series of sermons and today I want to pick up again. There's a wonderful story told about a family who was in a very serious car accident. Uh, the youngest son, Mike, was seriously injured and needed blood in order to survive. His big brother, Danny, was only eight years old, but happened to have the same blood type. Danny's dad explained carefully 
how important it was for Mike to have blood in order to live and how great it would be if his big brother Danny could help him out. There was silence for a while, and then Danny said, yes, Daddy, I'll give my blood so that Mike can get better. They put the needle in his vein and drew out the blood they needed. Once the needle was back out, Danny looked up at his dad and with tears running down his cheeks said, Daddy, when do I die? It was only then that his dad realized that Danny didn't know he was just giving blood. He thought he was giving his life. It has been said that there are two things you never have to chase, and that is true friends and true love. I want to suggest today, child of God, as we've been in a series of sermons that really was birthed out of, the series was birthed out of John chapter 13, verse number 35, and it says these words, by this will all men know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. And I've been sharing with you over the last couple of weeks of how important it is that you and I really live out our faith. How important it is that when people look at us and see us and encounter us, that they really encounter the love of Jesus Christ. That people will not know that we love Christ by our shout, our dance, by how many scriptures we can quote, um, by, by our demonstrative worship, by how often we attend church, or how much money we give to the church. People will know we are Christians really by the love that we share with one another. And then Jesus, Deirdre, shares in this very powerful passage of scripture uh, something that really gets all of our attention. And he suggests to the believer that you and I are called not only to love those who love us, but to show that God's love is supernatural, and that is that we love those who hate us or those who would call us enemy. Uh, notice what the text says. Notice what the text says. Um, uh, we are called to love our enemies, to do good to them that, that don't like us or despise us or persecute us. And over the last couple of weeks, we really have been breaking down this, this particular verse, uh, sharing with you from the King James Version. Uh, remember, number one, I shared that God called us, number one, to love anyone this was our last time together, anyone that would curse us. And remember, I shared with you that that word curse in this text is not foul or profane language. It was anyone who spoke ill about you or ill to you or wished harm on you. But I want to pick up today with point number two, that we are called to love anyone that hates us. Uh, right there in the text. We are called not only to love those who curse us, and we went over that in our last time together, but we are called to love anyone who hates us. Now, remember, I shared, Kim, that this is really important because you only can do this with the supernatural power of God. 
that's really the only way that this can be carried out. I'll get, I'll get to this by the end, but Jesus is not talking about having affection here. He's talking about having this kind of unconditional godly love that you show towards your brother and sister because of who you are in Christ. Love those who curse you. Also love those who hate you. Now, you, you don't have any haters, so I'm going to skip through this very quickly, point number two. But when it talks about haters here, li listen to what it says. Anyone, Matthew 5, anyone love those who hate you. Anyone who for whatever reason or some reason, and even some have no reason at all, they hate you. It could be look straight ahead. It could be racial. It could be political, especially in this climate. It could be personal. It could be religious. It could be because of your position, because of your promotion, because of your possessions, because of your education, because of your accomplishments, because of your gender, because of how God has gifted you, but the text is talking about here anyone who hates you. Let me tell you what this word hate here means. It means anyone who dislikes you greatly, anyone who has aversion towards you, anyone who is malicious and unjustifiably mean towards you, uh, anyone who has animosity towards you or who is odious towards you, anyone who hates you. Let me show you in the scriptures. Look at John chapter 15, verse 18 and 19 very quickly. John chapter 15, verse number 18 and 19. We use our Bibles. Look at John 15, verse number 18 and 19. Listen to the words of the text. This is what Jesus says. If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world, the world will love you as one of its own if you belong to it. But you are no longer part of the world. If you chose to come out of the world, um, I chose to come out of the world so it hates you. Are you there? So Jesus says that there's this expectation that you must have that because I belong to Jesus, uh, because I don't walk to the, to the drumbeat of this world, he says expect. To be hated. Let's look at another one. Look at Genesis chapter 37, verse number 5. Genesis 37. Genesis, first book of the Bible. You ought to get there quickly. Genesis. Now, if you thumbing for Genesis, we just need to stop and have prayer for you right now. I'm telling you the truth. You just stop the service. Tara, just get them and just lay hands. Genesis 37, verse number 5. Listen at Genesis 37, verse number 5. One night, Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about it, listen to what it says. They did what? They hated him even the more. Uh, he shared his dream with them. Glory to God. Now, he, look, look here just for a moment. Joseph is sharing his dream with family. You would think if there's love any place, it would be family. You would think if you're going to be celebrated, any place is going to be amongst family. But, but here, he can't share. Here, Joseph thinks he's sharing in a safe circle. So, so I have to have love for those 
who even hate me. Uh, number three, jot this down. Number three, jot this down. I have to have love. Uh, this is according to the text, Matthew 5, 44. I must have love for those who spitefully use me. Who spitefully use me. Number three, who spitefully use me. Th this is what God is calling me to do. I must have love for those who spitefully, look straight ahead, who spitefully use me. Uh, what does this mean here the text? I'm glad you asked. Anyone who abuses, treats despitefully, or falsely accuses you. Uh, the text means anyone who mistreats you in any way. I am called to love them unconditionally is how I show that the love of Christ dwells on the inside of me. This is so difficult. I can tell because you would have shouted by now. You haven't even said amen. Because, see, it's easy to love people that like you, that celebrate you. But, but this is the real test. Glory to God. You won't get it anymore. This is the real test of all of the anointing of God on you is when you are sitting amongst people who spitefully use you. Let me share with you. Look quickly at Matthew 27. Matthew 27. We're going to look at verses 27 through 30. Matthew 27, verses 27 through 30. Matthew 27, verses 27 through 30. Listen to what the text says. Some of the governor's soldiers took Jesus into their headquarters and called out the entire regiment. Look at verse 28. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. Look at verse 29. They, they wove thorn branches into a crown and put it on his head, and they placed a reed stick in his right hand as a scepter. Then they knelt before him in mockery and taunted, Hail, King of the Jews. Look at verse number 30. And they spit on him and grabbed the stick and struck him on the head with it. Now, that's when some of you would have lost your anointing. All of the anointing would have been gone right there. You, you would have been like, that's fine. They're talking about me. But anytime you raise up, you get a clap back. Do I have some? Tell some neighbor I would have clapped back, and I'm not talking about the kind of clapping up in here. Let's praise the Lord up in here. All of the anointing of God would have been gone on. But, but notice, notice, Christ tells us here, I am calling you to love. Now, I am calling you to love those who spitefully use you. Um, as a matter of fact, just just, just jot it down just for a moment. Acts chapter 16, uh, we're not going to turn to it, just jot it down. Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through 40. Acts 16, verses 16 through 40. Remember when Paul and Silas cast the demon out of the little girl that was fortune-telling? This is what happened to Paul and Silas. They, they beat them, stripped them, and threw them into prison. And when Paul and Silas got there, they didn't whine about it. They didn't complain about it. What they did was they was in the cell praising God. Y'all not hearing me. See, the real test of how much you love God, how much God dwells on the inside of you, is how you respond in the midst of adversity. Anybody can shout and dance and holler and praise God when everything's going well. But when you know you are surrounded by people who mean you no good, and while they smile in your face, they don't want to see you promoted. They don't want to see you succeed. They don't want to see you go to the next level. While you're surrounded by people, when it's your turn to stand on the stage and people sit there and pity pat you. 
But there's this confidence that you have in God that in the midst of all of that kind of stuff, I can bless the Lord at all times. His praise can continually be in my mouth. So, so it's anybody, it's anybody. Paul and Silas, look at how they abused them, but look at their response. And that's what God is looking for you and I, is this week, your response. Look at your neighbor and say, it's your response. I'm, this week, I'm making up in my mind, nobody will take me there. No, nobody will take me out of Christian character. Nobody, regardless of how mean they are and nasty they are, no matter how sarcastic they are, no matter what they say under their breath, no matter regardless of the looks they give me, the side eye, and all that kind of stuff, my response will please him. Do I have some folk up in here today that going to make up in my mind that I'm growing this week in this area? that the fruit of the Spirit will be displayed in my life despite how you treat me. What you're going to get back is peace, love, joy, and happiness all in the Holy Ghost. I want you to just get this. Look at this passage when you get a chance. 2 Samuel chapter 13, look at it when you get a chance. 2 Samuel chapter 13, we won't for the sake of time. But in 2 Samuel 13, we see the bodily, I'm saying it this way because there's children in here. We say, we see the bodily assault of Tamar by Amnon. She pleads with him before he assaults her, don't do it. Anybody who spitefully uses you. I am called by God to forgive those who did me wrong from A to Z. Not because it frees them, but because it frees me. I cannot be bound. Y'all not hearing me today. I, I, I'm not glossing over the fact of what happened I'm sorry over the fact of what happened, but I'm telling you, child of God, this is the season where God's growing you on how to let that stuff go. I'm forgiving every offender. I'm forgiving people who abuse me and hit me and as a child and as a little girl and as a little boy and as a grown adult in marriage, in relationship. God, free me. Somebody's hollering, God, free me. You'd be surprised at the people around you that are still living in prison because they have not been free. But in this series, we're about to get some freedom. Who the sun sets free? Somebody's waiting until somebody gets their just due. I can't wait until they get paid back. I can't wait until God gets them. If God never gets them, if God never gets them, God is going to put me back together. He's going to make me whole. He's going to keep my mind. He's going to clean my body. He's going to restore my spirit. He's going to free me up from everything that anybody has ever done to me. Any, un, any, any, any ungodly touch any ungodly abuse, I command in the name of Jesus. 
Take 30 seconds all over this building and help me praise her. Somebody's just getting free right now. We're the person that needs to get free today. I came this morning because I need to get free. Bless his name. Bless his name. Somebody's just releasing it right now. Releasing it right now. Releasing it. I'm, I've been holding on to it too long. I've been dealing with it too long, but God's restoring it through counseling, through therapy, through the power of God. God's going to heal me. He's going to deliver me. Open up your mouth if you believe that all over this building. Men are being freed and women are being freed now. Can I share with you? I want you to look at this one last passage of Scripture. This one last passage of Scripture. I feel you, sis. Uh, this one last passage of Scripture in Judges chapter 16, verses 23 through 28. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Judges chapter 16, 23 through 28. Let me tell you what it says. It's the, a Sharif, it's the passage where Samson, after many illicit ungodly relationships found himself bound by the enemy because he kept getting involved with people he had no business with. God Almighty, are y'all ready for this? And, and because he didn't know how, he didn't know how to let it go, it eventually bound him. Because he kept getting involved with stuff that looked good from the outside, Delilah. But in the last stages of his life, he prayed. They were making fun of him. His eyes plucked out. They were looking at him saying, look at Samson, so strong. Look at Samson, so mighty. He can't free himself now. But this is what I love about God. That regardless of how wrong you are, whenever you cry out, Lord, I messed up. God, help me up in here. I feel the power of God. This is what I love about it. That whenever you cry out, God, I messed up. I had no business using that. I had no business around those people. Even in the middle of your iniquity. Hey, thank you, man. Even in the middle of your iniquity, when you cry out, he will hear you. High five, two or three people say he'll hear you. Thank you, Tim. He will hear you. He will hear you. How many know he will hear you? That's why I'm here this morning. I'm here because in the midst of my iniquity. Oh, yeah. 
Here it is. Number four. Thank you, Deborah. Anyone who, it's right there in the text, anyone who persecutes you. It means anyone who persecutes and pursues with repeated acts of enmity or those who always find a way to oppose anything you say or do. Y'all not hearing me. Some of you work around persons. Regardless of how great the idea, just because you said it, they're going to find something wrong with it. But I wish I had help. I mean, it's a great idea. That's what we should do. But just because you brought it up, because somehow what they don't want is you to get the credit. They don't, they don't want you to be acknowledged. They, they don't want you to be applauded. But thanks be unto God. Y'all not hearing me. God has a way. I feel God up in this room. Here it is. Um, just write this down. Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, verse number 3. Get it on CD because I'm going to say it quick because we got to go. Acts 8, verse number 3. Acts 9, verses 1 through 2. And Acts 22, verse number 4. How is it that the apostle Paul keeps persecuting the church, but it keeps growing? Y'all going to get it in a moment. Because when God has his hands on you, and that's what somebody sitting next to you needs to hear today, that regardless of what they're going through, that God has not taken his hand off of you. Will you minister to somebody near you? God, I feel this this moment. And tell them God has his hand, Maisha, all over you. Here it is. Here it is. I'm in good biblical territory. Let me share this with you quickly. Anyone who, anyone who persecutes you. Um, the, the great text to look at is Nehemiah chapter 4. Look at it when you get a chance. God gave Nehemiah this vision of building a wall. And his goal, his goal the goal of his enemies is to get Nehemiah so frustrated that he quit what God gave him to do. You're not hearing me. And so the more God favored Nehemiah with provision, the more the devil supplied demonic oppression with division. But thanks be unto God that Nehemiah was a praying man. And he made up in his mind that regardless of what opposition comes my way, I will not come down off the wall. I came by with a word this morning. Whatever you do, don't quit. Prophesy to two or three people, tell them whatever you do, don't quit. Whatever you do, don't quit. They may not want you in the program. They may not share the rest of the information. They may try to close doors, but I got news for you. If God be for you, who can be against you?
Tell your neighbor, don't let them move you. Don't let them move you. Tell them the Lord set you up for this. God placed you in that position. I said, God placed you in that position. God put you in that marriage. God gave you those children to raise. God gave you that assignment. He opened up that door for you to go back to school to get that next degree. He opened up that door for you to open up that business, your own practice, to be an entrepreneur, to do big things, whatever comes your way. I gotta go. Here it is. I gotta go. But, but here's, here's, here's my command. Here's my command. I, I, I wish, Dr. York, I wish I could tell you that there's a place in this life where you can escape these kind of people. I don't care if you move from this job to the next, from this family to the next, from this church to the next. There will be struggle if you move from Houston to Florida. There will be storms. If, if you move from Florida to California, there will be earthquakes. If you move from California to Buffalo, New York, there'll be snowstorms. My goal is to get you to learn how to take it. Here it is. I'm going to share this verse with you, and we'll pick up next week. This verse, this is my life verse for this week. Proverbs 14, verse number 4, and I go. Proverbs 14, verse number 4, and I go. Proverbs 14, verse number 4. Here it is, CJ. Um, it says, without oxen, a stable stays clean. But you need a strong ox for a large harvest. Here it is. Without oxen, a stable stays clean. But you need a strong ox for a large harvest. One version says you need a large ox for an abundant harvest. Now, here's the issue. Most people don't like to deal with the ox because of the waste, because of the mess that it makes. But God says, without their mess, you'll never get a harvest. Y'all not hearing me? I got to go. So, let, let me help you understand. I, 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 don't, I don't tell this story to be prejudiced at all. This is, this is just a story that was told. Um, there, there, there was this, there was this old, old white lady who, who had died and her, her family had gathered at the funeral home. And it, it, it was packed and, and everybody was celebrating her life. Uh, she was some 90 years of age, and everybody was celebrating her. And, and uh, toward the close um, uh, of the service, an old black lady walks in, Tanya, and, and she, has, she has six dozen Charlene of beautifully red stem roses. And people were up 
making remarks. Um, and, um, and the son jumped up and said, You're, you were my mother's neighbor. Um, would you like something to say? You're bringing all these roses. You would like something to say? And she got up and she said, I really don't want anything to say. But I live next to your mom or your relative. I don't even know her name for, for, for the last 60 years. Um, she, she never spoke to me. She, she never talked to me. She never, she never greeted me. But, but, but I always admire her farm. And from day one, when I moved in to that house, um, she would take all of the waste and feces from her farm animals. And she would take a shovel and throw it over into my yard. And I would take the feces and the waste and the fertilizer, and I would use it to grow my crop. And I thought I ought to show up and, and present these roses, because I would never have these roses had she not dumped her mess all over me. And I don't know who I'm talking to today, but you gotta learn how to take the mess that people dump on you and not get mad about it. You got to learn how to grow some ropes. Yeah! Yeah! Everybody standing. High five your neighbor, say grow some roses. Say grow some roses. Grow some roses. Don't get mad about it. Don't retaliate. Grow some roses. Make it work for you. Some of you, some of you have hated the mess people have taken you through. But if they didn't take you through that, Christian, you wouldn't have the prayer life you have now. You wouldn't have the patience you have now. You wouldn't learn how to be kind the way you are now. You wouldn't know how to persevere. You wouldn't know how to take a licking and keep on showing up with a smile on your face and a, open up your mouth and bless Paul says, 
these light afflictions are working a far more exceeding weight of glory. Every head is bowed. We got to go.